Porn Free Radio, episode 197. What does the porn I look at say about me? Porn Free Radio. Gentlemen, you're listening to me right now. You and I are together. I'm there. I'm in your headphones, I'm in your stereo, your Bluetooth, whatever. We're there together. You know, I'm on the treadmill with you or wherever you are at right now. That's the best part about a podcast. There's a community aspect to it. I'm going to break that down. All right, I'm not going to rap for you today. Don't worry. But I'm amped up. Here's another way to look at it. Man, I love the hook on that song. That's good. What up? For motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn and just even if you and i are in this conversation right now i'm talking you're listening to me we're together i'm saying dude come on man i want you to feel good enough i want you to feel loved at your core i want more for you loved and hey your life doesn't have to be defined by your porn addiction gentlemen we're not alone in this well welcome to porn free radio this is the podcast for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn this is where you come to get hope and take action i'm your host matt Dobshoots. i'm excited you're here today i'm answering a question that gets asked in a numerous uh, amount of ways Um, People sometimes sheepishly ask this question. Um, Sometimes after I've been working with a client for a while or I've traded some emails with someone and they feel safe, they'll kind of lower their voice and they say, Matt, I I look at this kind of porn. What does that say about me? And um, and it's it's a real obstacle to recovery because uh, different types of porn bring different shame with it. Um, Sometimes there's things that we look at that are uncomfortable, things that we have gone to that, um, you know, if if we had to explain to our wives or explain to our partners uh, what we looked at, it would, it would, we would not even really be able to explain why we looked at it. Um, So it can bring up a lot of self-questioning and doubt. And so I want to answer that question today Um, But first, I want to mention my new podcast, Coffee with the Dauber. It's available exclusively to Porn Free Radio contributors. So if you found hope in the message of Porn Free Radio, help me get the message out uh, by joining the the PFR club or higher. You can go to recoveredman.com slash contribute, recoveredman.com slash contribute, and that'll take you to our Patreon site. That's the platform we used uh, to take contributions. And um, there's some different levels there that you can contribute at and sign up for. Uh, but at that basic level, you get access to Coffee with the Dauber, which is my uh, new podcast. And it's a podcast where I'm talking about some of the recovery work I'm doing, 
Uh, I talk about things that come up uh, during my day that I think would be helpful uh, for you guys. And uh, so it's really fun. Um, I've had a really good time making the first couple of episodes this week. Uh, Episode one, I talk about some stuff I was learning from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And episode two, I just went into uh, a few minutes about uh, what the new book is going to look like. Uh, What are some of the things that I'm uh, putting into the new book that I'm writing? So if you're interested in some of the behind the scenes stuff of Porn Free Radio and you want to support what we're doing here, go to recoveredman.com slash contribute. All right. So as I said, you know, when I'm working with someone uh, and they start to feel comfortable or if just someone listens to the podcast and they, they've listened to enough of me that they feel that they safely can reach out and ask a question, um, I'll get a question about uh, a specific type of pornography. Now, just to be careful on this episode, just like I did on the fetish episode a few um, a few months ago, I'm not going to go into a lot of the different types of pornography are, are out there. But suffice to say, guys have brought up all sorts of different types of pornography. And um, the the thing about it is, is it doesn't really matter what kind of porn it is, but there's some common feelings that guys have when they share this with me. One, they feel like they're the only one. They feel very unique. Guys will say, they'll, they'll actually apologize for sharing it with me because uh, they're either worried they're going to trigger me or they're worried that I'm just not going to understand. And uh, so there's this real sense of you wouldn't understand what I look at. I look at this. So there's this first idea that I'm unique. The next uh, idea that guys have is I look at this so I'm disgusting. Kind of this feeling of I really don't understand why I look at this. I'm not sure why I'm drawn to this. Uh, In the light of day or if I'm thinking in my right mind, I am disgusted by this. this. This really is in conflict with how I feel called to live and I am disgusting. That's kind of the, the conclusion that they have. Uh, The last one is I'm abnormal, that uh, I'm wired differently than other people because I have been aroused by this kind of content. So those are the three main uh, sort of conclusions guys have. I'm unique, I'm disgusting, or I'm abnormal. Now, I want to talk about what's true. Those are mistaken beliefs, and I want to explain why they're mistaken beliefs in just a minute. And I want to share a game that I learned from a friend of mine, Renee. She's one of the teaching pastors at my church. And uh, about a month or two ago, she got up and she shared about this game she plays. It's called Here's What's True. I want to just play the audio of her explaining the game. You know, um, I've been annoying my friends with a new game I've invented. It's called, here's what's true, okay? If you and I have hung out recently, or if we're going to hang out, we're going to play this game. Um, So I think the truth is getting too foggy in the world, and at least for me, it's getting too foggy in my brain. So I am committed to speaking the truth, to being around the truth, and to spreading the truth, okay? So anytime I'm with a friend, and we're talking about a situation, or we're you know, we're kind of, I don't know, like debriefing, which is a nice way of saying gossiping. Um, 
or, you know, if we're just going back and forth or we're complaining or whatever, I'm now landing all conversations in my new game called Here's What's True. And here's how you play. You stop the conversation at the end, and the first person, that's you, because I'm teaching you how to play the game, you say, so what's true? And one person goes. And you just start with a true statement. God sees us. And then the next person goes. God cares about this. And then the next person goes. I could be wrong. And then the next person goes. Maybe I've got some apologizing to do. And then the next person goes. God has a plan. And then the next person goes. Um, I don't know. God, this is, a, this is more important to God than it is to me. And you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and you land a truth. It is my little way of speaking truth over the people I spend time with and over myself. It's a goofy game. You can play it. You can play it with your kids. You can play it at the dinner table. You can play it with a friend. Play it with a coworker. Tell them a hokey pastor taught it to you. So here's what's true. Let's play this with some of these mistaken beliefs. The, the mistaken beliefs, I'm unique, I'm disgusting, I'm abnormal. Here's what's true. I'm unique. The truth is, I might feel unique, but here's what's true. I, there are other guys who have looked at this kind of stuff. There's other guys who struggled with things like this who have recovered. And if you, if you don't look any farther than Matt Dopschutz, the host of Porn Free Radio. Now, because I'm a little limited here in what I can share, I don't want to, you know, trigger guys. But suffice to say, I've looked at all sorts of things. I've been aroused and attracted by all sorts of things. And so chances are, whatever you've looked at, I've looked at the same thing. But... I am living porn-free right now. And I've been living porn-free for eight years. And I know other guys who've been living porn-free for 10 years. And I know other guys who have been sober for 20 years. So you may feel unique, but you are not alone. That's what's true. What about I'm disgusting? Someone said this to me recently. I'm disgusting because of what I look at. And here's my, here's what's true. Would a disgusting person even be in conflict with what he was looking at? Would he even be in conflict? Would he be asking the questions of how can I recover? A truly disgusting person would not care. So the fact that you care says something. How about I'm abnormal? That's similar to I'm unique, but the truth is, is you can define what normal is. You can, you define where you're moving. What you look at or what you've looked at in the past doesn't define where you're going. You get to choose. That's true. And the truth is, you know, I was reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the challenges when we're in the addiction, when we're engaging with pornography, is that we start to have trouble distinguishing the true from the false. 
says that in the doctor's opinion, that we, we struggle to distinguish the true from the false. And I think one of the things that pornography does to us is we start to feel like this is the normal. This is our normal. But we're moving to a new normal, a recovered state where this is not part of our world, where this does not define us. So it doesn't matter what we've looked at. It, it matters what we're looking at now, what we're moving towards, where we're moving. Now, each three of these ideas, these mistaken beliefs, I'm unique, I'm too disgusting, I'm abnormal, these are all tricks of our ego. And, you know, I've used lots of different words on this podcast. Ego, addict, you know, I even at one point talked about Mr. Hyde and, and uh, Dr. Jekyll, you know, this the wild side of us. However you choose to think about it, the false self, that's another phrase I've used. But this ego part of us is aimed at keeping us kind of under thumb and trapped. And so let me, let me uh, I want to read a, a, a quote from Gay Hendricks. Uh, he wrote the book, The Big Leap. So this is from the chapter called Unlovable. Uh, it's page 155. He says this, It's nearly inevitable then that you will someday encounter a boulder in your living room. That boulder is the belief that you are unlovable. This false belief fuels a frantic search for something external to yourself that confirms that you are indeed lovable. It's the ultimate trick by the ultimate trickster, your ego, to hold on to its job. It's an issue of job security, and your ego is incredibly dedicated to keeping its job. So I know what you're thinking, Matt, what does the ego have to do with me staying in these sort of self-destructing beliefs, like believing that I'm unique or too disgusting or abnormal. I think what it does is it keeps you in the trap of continually searching for something external to confirm that you're lovable. It keeps you addicted. It keeps you searching. It keeps you coming back to the websites. It keeps you going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And that's what the ego wants. The ego doesn't want for you to recover, know that you're loved, and make choices from a whole place. It wants you to continue to keep that frantic search and to worry about what other people think. It wants to get our identity from this sort of false self, what we show people. It doesn't want to be real. doesn't want to be honest. So when I talk to guys, sometimes I, I hear the question, but I hear them saying, but I'm unique, but I am disgusting, Matt. I am abnormal. And all of those conclusions lead you back to porn. I'm unique, so I can't do recovery. I can't join a men's group. I can't be honest with someone. I can't uh, reveal my, my privacy. So I can't recover. Therefore, I'm just going to stay in the porn. I'm going to stay in the trap. I'm too disgusting. So I can't recover. So I'll keep looking at porn. 
I'll keep stuck. I'm abnormal. I've heard people say I'm broken. I'm beyond repair. I've heard people say that. And that hopelessness, that conclusion keeps you stuck. So here's what's true. Here's some other things that are true. Porn is fantasy. All of it. If it's been uploaded, if it's been shot with a camera, if it's been written by someone at their computer, even if it's on the stage of your local strip club, it's all an illusion. It's not intimacy. It's not true sexuality. It is a show. It's fantasy. It doesn't define who we are. Porn is driven by curiosity and novelty. This is true. It constantly is trying to make us curious. The people who make pornography are trying to keep us engaged, keep us clicking, keep us buying the magazines or running the movies, if anybody still does that, by continually engaging this part of us that wants novelty, that wants, that's curious. It's constantly engaging that part of us that's searching so desperately for excitement, for love, for intimacy, for affirmation, but it's art, <clears throat> it's artificial. And there might be <clears throat> someone who's still doubting me right now. I'm having to push through a lot of obstacles to get this podcast recorded. I've had to stop a couple times, man, I'm getting pissed off because I think this is important. Some of you guys need to hear this. We all like to think that we're rational that we're always operating in that upper part of our brain that makes good decisions. And frankly, some of us are kind of embarrassed by the choices we make when we look at porn. But the truth is that in the aroused state, we don't always make good decisions. There's a famous study uh, that Dan Ariely um, did in the early 2000s at Berkeley. And he basically was trying to solve some pr problems on campus um, related to sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies, date rape. He took all these uh, male students and he asked them a ton of questions. But here's the key. On one day, he made sure they were in a, an aroused state. And then in the other day, he, the next day, he asked the same questions when they were in a cold state. He actually you know, split tested this. So he had one group on Monday do it and one group on Tuesday. And then the next day, he reversed them. So, but what they found was that when men were aroused, in this case, young college guys, they were more open to risky sex. They were more attracted to a wider arousal template. They were more likely or to answer yes to questions um, that involve taking significant risks. And the difference was arousal. So here's one thing that's true. We need to make the decisions for how we handle sexuality by what we pursue and what drives us when we're not in an aroused state. We have to make our plans, then we have to look ahead and think, who am I becoming? 
That truly is what defines you. That's what's true. The false belief fuels a frantic search for something external to yourself that confirms that you are indeed unlovable. It's the ultimate trick by the ultimate trickster, your ego, to hold on to its job. Guys, you're lovable. Yeah, you've looked at some things that you're embarrassed about, but so have I. Yeah, you've looked at some things that frankly are disgusting. Me too. It felt really normal at the time, but you're not beyond repair. You can have a new normal. <clears throat> Whenever we play the theme song on Porn Free Radio, what are the two things I say at the end? You don't have to be defined by your porn addiction. And the other thing, gentlemen, we're not alone. That's true. So I don't know what's going on with my voice today. Some of you spiritual guys might might uh, attribute that to some warfare, some spiritual warfare. I don't know what it is, but this message needs to be out, and I'm not going to edit it. And I don't like the way I sound right now, coughing and, and whatever, but that's it. So guys, this week, take hope and take action. Be good.